0: Learn more at marines.com. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors Podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So, the Warriors are now in a 3 1 hole versus the Lakers. They lost game four, 104 101. Steph, he had a triple double. Good on him. 42 minutes, 12 for 30 from the field only three of 14 from the three, Uh, 31 points, 14 assists, 10 boards, three steals, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Hey, credit to the Lakers. You know, they kept fighting and fighting and fighting. Uh, Steve Kerr, his tweak for this game was to start Gary Payton and to involve Anthony Davis in every single pick and roll. He could with Steph in the sense that whoever Davis was guarding was the one who was going to set the screen for Steph because that pulls Davis into the action, pulls him away from the paint, away from the basket so that the Warriors can get easier layups, uh, can attack the basket, get easier shots. And it worked. It worked quite a bit in this one. And I thought that was really, really smart thing to do. A lot of times it was Peyton setting the screen because AD was guarding him. A lot of times it was Wiggins when they put uh, AD on Wiggins. From the outset, you could tell that this game was going to pretty much come down to the wire. In the last two games, there were complete blowouts, but you could tell each team really, really wanted this. Like The Warriors that came out more focused didn't necessarily play their best game, but they they busted their tails, <laughs> you know. Uh the Lakers, like I said in the last episode, I mean, LeBron knows he knows that if the Warriors go down 3-1, that, you know, they are pretty much done. Again, it of course can happen where the Warriors come back from that. You know, the Warriors did against OKC, the Cavs did it against the Warriors. We all remember that stuff. But, you know, it's an up hill battle for the warriors. This was one where at a certain point I was like, okay, I think the warriors are going to pull it out. But then once the Lakers got close towards the end, you know, the warriors had a lead, the they started missing shots and the Lakers crept in. All of a sudden I was like, you know what? This has the makings of one of these cough up the lead type games that the warriors have had all season. So all season long, as you probably know, the Warriors have not been a good road team. They have not held on to leads. They've coughed up leads. They haven't closed games very well overall this season. And when it comes down to it, they make poor decisions and you know they play some hero ball, right? Uh, when I talk about hero ball, I felt like a couple of those shots by Clay, a couple of those threes at the end of the fourth quarter were – you know, a little questionable. The first one, there were what, like four or five seconds left on the shot clock. So I can kind of get that. Uh, He had just made a three, so maybe he was feeling it. But then the next one was early in the shot clock and it wasn't a good shot. And that's something we'd seen from Clay all season long. And again, not to sound repetitive, but it's the fact that the Warriors have been repetitive all season. That these bad habits and tendencies, they will ultimately manifest themselves. Like that's what I've been saying all season long, especially as we got closer to the postseason and in some of these bad losses. They are who they are, right? They are a uh, dynasty team, or at least the core is, they are a championship-winning team. They are the defending champs. But more recently, they are a team that is woefully inconsistent and would show flashes and would almost turn the corner. And right when you thought they were turning the corner, they would pull it back. So I don't want to knock the effort in this one, but uh you know, just overall the Lakers, you know, when they made all those trades in the regular season at the trade deadline, <laughs> I remember I was like, oh wow, these trades are really good. I these trades right and this is why the lakers have a deeper overall more dynamic team they seem to have enabled their younger guys uh to to take on more responsibility and to play with more responsibility uh whereas it seems like you know the warriors this season pulled back on A lot of the young dudes, even though there was no one else to play, right? You got Ty Jerome out there, who actually liked, and Anthony Lamb, who, you know, not so hot on. But overall, the Lakers at home, their support guys played better. That is how it's supposed to go. And the Warriors support guys, their backup guys, bench guys, did not play so hot in general. Moses Moody, though, you know, again, he played some tough minutes in this one fourth quarter minutes and he didn't do so badly had a couple inopportune fouls which which hurt but overall he gave more and he was pretty solid 19 minutes three for three one for one from the three-point line one board seven points uh four fouls one block so there was that but then you know i kind of joked before this series that uh it would be really, really, a really bad look if Jordan Poole got outplayed by Austin Reeves. And you know what? He has totally been outplayed by Austin Reeves. Not that they've completely gone head to head, but in their minutes, just I mean, look, like the difference between Austin Reeves and Jordan Poole is, you know, there's skill level differences, but then uh, they're different types of players. But at the end of the day, Austin Reeves is under control and Jordan Poole is not. That's it. Like everything that we've said about Jordan Poole this season, and not just a pile on him, but just talking about him, like uh, some of his decision making, some of his shot selection, some of his uh, wild dribbling off of his leg out of balance, all the stuff, you know, bad passes, all that. So, like, he's trying to do too much. He's trying for the home run every time. And Austin Reeves is a guy who, again, he he might have a lower ceiling, of course, than Jordan Poole. But in this context, what Austin Reeves provided to the Lakers in this game is way more than what Poole has. And it was clear that Poole was, you know, he's just not in it. Like he's not in a good rhythm. He's not playing well. He had, a two minute stint in the second half and he, he got yanked, you know, he didn't look great, right? Like he had a couple possessions and that was, that was it. <laughs> That's what happened to Jonathan Kaminga in game four at chase center against the Kings. So, you know, uh, Jordan Poole, 10 minutes over four from the field, uh, three boards, two assists, zero points. That is absolutely not what you need from him in these kinds of situations. So it's really disappointing. Um, just stating facts because I've watched them all season. And I'm sure some of you have watched as many games as I have. Uh, and it's just really, really unfortunate that the Jordan pool that we saw last season, who was part of the pool party lineup and whatever, you know, that he has not been able to show up. Yes. He had an ankle issue against the Kings but these minutes are critical and he's just not he's not there. He is not delivering at all. But like I said, at the end of the day, this team is not as good as the team last year. They're a little bit older and they don't have those guys that Steve Kerr trusts on the bench to execute. There were a couple stretches where, you know, Dante DiVincenzo, 4 for 6 from the field, played Decent defense, 10 points, but there were a few times where it was just like, ah, DiVincenzo, right? Like, he's been great all season long, and he's had a rocky-ish playoff run instance. And in this one, there were a couple where, what it was, he ran to Michael Green. It was those two guys only, and they lost a rebound out of bounds. Same thing. It was Moody called for it, said, I got it, and DiVincenzo jumped into him and... The ball went out of bounds. There were a couple other flubby plays, but those are the things that, you know, the attention to detail playing very, very focused. And I know he hustles and that's all great. I'm not, you know, I like him as a player overall, but all these little things matter in a game like this, you know, in terms of free throws, you know, the big free throw discussion, it was nine for 12 for the Warriors and 20 of 20 for the lakers and you know uh, i'm not gonna complain about the refereeing in this one you know i mean there were calls both ways and all that jazz fouls 22 fouls on the warriors 15 for the lakers 16 turnovers for the warriors 14 for the lakers rebounding 40 warriors 42 lakers 9 offensive for the warriors 8 uh offensive rebounds for the Lakers. So more or less things were somewhat even, you know, from three, you know, that's where the Warriors also hurt themselves 12 for 41, only 29%, which is not great. Right. Like you live and die by the three, another tired thing, you know, <laughs> that I've said many times this season and, if they're not shooting well, then like, hey, you know, I mean, there there were so many shots that they hoisted where I was like, oh, please go in and that looks like it's going to be short and it was, right? Like I said, Steph was three for 14. Wiggins was two for six. Clay was three for nine. And Poole was o for two, you know, those are their best three point shooters, right? On average, you know, DiVincenzo, like I said, was two for four. So Jermichael Green over two, right? So that is going to bite you on the butt if you live and die by that. And, you know, so it goes. The Lakers didn't shoot well from three either. They shot 24%, but they only shot 25 times, you know, six for 25. It's a game of, of details and paying attention to all of them, especially when you just lose by only three points. At the end of the third quarter, The Warriors had a seven-point lead, which isn't gargantuan by any stretch of the imagination. But if there's a switch to flip or if there is a time to close, that is it. You know, in past years, it's like, I feel like this team would get that. But what we've seen from this season, very dubious. And I would have liked to have hoped that, you know, you saw on the Lakers side that LeBron was picking up his energy when the Warriors got up by like 10 or something in the third quarter, LeBron made a a few aggressive plays like attacking and shooting threes and stuff like that. So he summoned it and he brought the Lakers closer. So, you know, that LeBron is always conserving his energy early, you know, and this one, I felt like he was going to come after it, smelling blood in the water for me. It was like, okay, which team is going to execute in the fourth. Like, who is going to step up and put this away? And it was the Lakers. You know, the Warriors built up their lead a little bit and gone. Gone, just like that. Beginning of the fourth quarter, boom, boom, boom. Gone. Before you knew it, it was tied. And I'm like, okay, this does not feel... I mean, we've seen this script before, you know? (laughs) We've seen this movie where, you know, you think the Warriors are going to just carry it and pull it out in a tough victory, but you know, they're just not looking like they have it. You just could feel it in your bones. Right. And then there was the uh, (laughs) random unexpected variable of Lonnie Walker playing 27 minutes, going six for nine, uh, hitting a three pointer, hitting two free throws, scoring 15 points, uh, three boards, two assists, two steals. A bunch of those were over Steph and on Steph. So the guy that, you know, they're trying to hide Steph on, he made him pay and it is what it is, right? This is going to go down in the history of uh, Lakers lore as uh, the Lonnie Walker game, I'm sure. Uh, So credit to that dude for getting his opportunity and taking advantage of it. He covered for D'Angelo Russell, who after burning the Warriors in game three, Russell who had to deal with Gary Payton, the second in the starting lineup played 31 minutes, was over four from three and one for 10 overall four points. So like he was negated, but you know, other guys picked it up and that is the thing that the Warriors don't have right now. We thought that they would, we thought that they could. And I've said, you know, my preseason or postseason, pre playoff predictions, uh, you know, I thought that the Warriors depth would be enough to get them somewhere if they were all clicking. And as the playoffs have gone, that bench has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. Specifically, you've lost Kaminga. Right now, you've lost Poole. DiVincenzo's had his ups and downs. Gary Payton's been uh, sick. And he's also not been as dynamic as he was in the playoffs last year. Maybe he's just not fully recovered, maybe he's a little bit older, maybe whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, but in this one, Peyton in the starting lineup, 23 minutes, seven for nine from the field, hit a three-pointer, one out of two, fifteen points, three boards, uh, two assists. And I mean, I loved what I saw from him because <laughs> for a guy who's six-two and his athleticism, I mean, he has great touch around the basket for layups, right? Like he, if he can't get up there and dunk it, uh just putting it off the glass, he's been very, very good with that. But in general, you know, the Warriors, uh, their depth has left them. And Steph, he tried to put this one on his back. He got a triple-double, right? A triple double in a game where no one else scored 20 points, even. Angel Wiggins had 17, Clay had nine. Gary Payton, the second, had 15. So, you know, Steph did what he could. You know, there were a couple of his final shots. Uh, They weren't the best shots. You know, you give those to Steph because he's earned the right to take those shots. But those hoists, you could tell when they left his hand that they were going to be off. There was one, it was clear, it was really, really short and hit just right off the front of the rim. And then the final jump ball, Where Steph got it, he, you know, smartly, (laughs) I expected this too, right? That it was Moses Moody covering LeBron James. And to me, I just assumed that Anthony Davis was going to smack it out towards LeBron James and just let him like fight for it or like, you know, put it over his head and run. And Steph thought that too. Steph got in front of that uh, tip from Anthony Davis and caught the ball. LeBron landed on Steph's foot. And Steph fell down and threw the ball over his head. And it kind of like weakly, meekly dribbled out of bounds. You know, it just fell out of bounds. And, you know, it's kind of a whimper, unfortunately. It's a shame. It's a shame. That being said, 3-1. 3-1. Here we are. And is it over? Hmm. You know? Percentages say yes. Uh, this Warriors team, it's tough to say. It's tough to say because, as we've talked about, they've been good, they've been bad, they've been good, they've been bad. Tonight, they gave a decent effort, but it just wasn't there. It just wasn't that full team effort putting it all together like they needed to just to steal this one, you know? It, it wasn't there. And If they go home, you know, can they get it? Sure, right? This is following the exact rhythms of the Lakers-Memphis series, right? The Memphis Grizzlies had a home court advantage. Going into game five, the Lakers were up 3-1. Memphis, last gasps, won in Memphis. And then the Lakers blew them out in LA in game six. So the Warriors, they got to take it. Literally, like it's a... It's a saying, right? it's a cliche, but you literally have to take it one game at a time. You do have potentially two home games, one game at a time. that's it. You can't do anything else. go home, win, come back to l a try to win, and then take it back home and try to win. but it is what it is at this point, and you know it's it's tough, it's tough. I really, really wanted this one. <laughs> and uh yeah i i have a lot of other thoughts but i don't want to ramble on too much longer about this it, it, it burns it burns because like it's these close losses that are just like so tough if only one more three went in if clay's hero ball three went in if uh another wiggins three went in then you know it's a different story but yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes sometimes, right? The make or miss league. The Warriors missed enough, and the Lakers made just enough as well. There's still a chance extend the series, the tire out. You know, the idea of tiring out LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis still there if you can keep it going. But you just got to get one, got to get one, or else, uh, or else you're done. And once the Warriors are done, then that's a whole nother discussion that we will get into. Because, as I've said before, the off season is going to be probably more interesting than the regular season was this year. All right. That's all I got. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors, check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review, saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Mardo for production support. See you next time.